Corinthians chapter 15 from verse number 9 to 11. For I am the least of the apostles who am I who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believe. Hallelujah. Now, this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth, and he said that the truth is, I am the least of the apostles. I am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church. But, somebody say, but. I want to ask you to read verse 10 together. Verse 10 together. He says, are you ready? Ready, go. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and tell them that I am what I am by the grace of God. Oh, say it with an attitude. Tell them, I am what I am by the grace of God. Oh, I didn't see the attitude. Give them an attitude and tell them that by the grace of God, I am what I am. The subject matter for this, this afternoon's discussion is I am what I am by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Um, Paul is saying that I am not worthy to be called an apostle, but grace has found me. We said charis means or grace means what? the unmerited favor of God that God gives to all men. Two weeks ago, I was saying that the judge who sits on the throne of judgment has been where you are and has seen and really empathizes. And so he gives judgment with a lot of sympathy. Hallelujah. Uh, there's a story about um, this judge in a very small uh, southern city, southern town in America somewhere. And this lady was driving through the town, you know, and she decided, I mean, she was late, so she was driving 75 miles an hour in a 50-mile zone. And she was just speeding through the town. It's a very little town. So she was just, she was passing through. She was not in a town. She was just passing through. And as she went through, the, a policeman from that little village stopped her. This was Friday evening, like they do. And the policeman said, well, I have just tracked your vehicle speed and I found out that you are going 78 miles an hour in a 50 mile an hour zone. So I need to give you a ticket of $100. And um, the lady said, I'm sorry. I was only, I'm late for an appointment. I had to, I have to go. And then the policeman said, no. The law is the law. I need to take you, I need to give you a ticket, a citation of 100 uh, Dollars, but because you don't come from this little town, I need to take you to the courthouse now, or else I have to arrest you and keep you in prison from now till Monday. Then you can pay the hundred dollars and leave. And the lady said, I cannot stay in jail from Friday to Monday, and I don't have hundred dollars. If I had hundred dollars, I'll give it to you right now and carry on my journey. 
So the policeman says, no, I'm taking to the judge. Unfortunately, the judge, the local judge, it doesn't, he doesn't, the courthouse is not far, and he's still at work, so I can take you there. So the policeman took this woman there. And when they got there, the judge said to, to the lady, well, according to the law, 78 miles an hour in a 50-mile uh, zone, you need to pay $100. And the lady started crying because she said, if you don't pay the $100, you have to unfortunately spend the weekend in jail till Monday morning. That is the law. I cannot do anything about it. Then the lady was crying her eyes out because truly she had broken the law. Truly she needed to pay $100, but she didn't have the $100 and she could not spend any time in jail. So as she was crying, the judge got out of, got up from the bench, from the bench where he was. And then he took his gown off and then stepped down and passed by the lady to the back of the courthouse and got his jacket and took $100 from his jacket and passed by the lady and put the $100 by on the table and then walked up the bench and put on his gown again and got his gavel and he says that lady I sentence you to hundred dollars and I can see hundred dollars on the table so it means that your price your debt has been paid you couldn't pay it but the judge has paid it for you and that is what grace is about. Hallelujah. Instead of being condemned to jail, the judge took his gown. He took the form of a mere man. He went to the cross, paid that debt, and then ascended back onto the throne again to declare you not guilty. Hallelujah. So you are not guilty. You are not guilty. So grace, he says that by law, by actual study of the law, I, Paul, I deserve to come last of the, in fact, I can't be called an apostle because I was killing the apostles. If you read uh, Acts chapter 9, Ananias had a big argument with God. He says that Listen, have you not heard that this guy, he's been killing people? Ananias verse 13 says that, Acts chapter 9 verse 13. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man. How much harm he has done to the saints in Jerusalem. And there, here, here, he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said, go, for he is my vessel. The vessel of my, to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings and children of Israel. Hallelujah. So you see, grace acquitted Paul. And grace brought him into ministry. Now, the, 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 I'm looking for a word. I don't want to use a big word so that. There, there, there is a quandary between I knew you were going to say that that's why I didn't want to use that word there, 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 there is a confusion because if grace is not what I deserve not what I have worked for but what is given to me then why does Paul say that by the grace of God I have worked more than everybody else Think about it. In grace, it's not what you work for. Grace is what has been given to you. Then why is Paul saying, look, put the scripture back on there. He says that 1 Corinthians uh, the 10, verse 10. He says that, but the 
by the by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Grace is free. Three hundred dollars that has been given to you to pay your fine. But he's saying that the grace of God is what has enabled me to work more than everybody. To do more. So this statement is sort of um, the statement sort of embarrasses those who preach the grace message. That because of the grace you don't have to do anything. Because of the grace you just have, you don't have to do anything. You can sin and go, go scot-free. You, can, you don't have to, because grace has paid everything. So just sit down and look pretty. But Paul has just, just rubbished that gospel that has been preached. How many have heard the grace gospel? If that grace gospel that is preached, it stems from Paul. In uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 1, says that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of sin and death has not a, for the laws of the spirit in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. So I am not under sin, I am not under condemnation. So I can live anyhow. That's the grace message. But then Paul is saying that the grace of God is what has made me work more than anything else. I've labored more than. So, brothers and sisters, the grace of God is not for free. It is freely given to us. Hallelujah. Bible says that God commended his love towards us in that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died to pay the price. Condemnation is the price of sin. When you murder somebody in certain parts, certain jurisdictions, and they condemn you to death, what does it mean? It means that you have to pay with your life the life you took. Hallelujah. So condemnation is what we deserve, but grace has purchased us. But why did grace purchase us? He must have had a reason for purchasing us. It was not just because he just wanted to purchase us. In economics, there's something we say there is no free lunch. Discuss. And you have to write about four pages before you can pass. Because there's nothing like free. It may be free, but somebody paid for it. Grace is not free ride for freeloaders. Grace gives you the opportunity to serve. Hallelujah. Grace gives you the opportunity. God said to Ananias, for I will show Paul how much work he has to do. The things he has to suffer for my name's sake. I have removed him from condemnation but he has to pay the price for me. And so Paul says that by the grace of God, I am what I am. I can work hard because I have grace. I can save souls because I have grace. I can do the things of God because God has given me grace. I can live right because I have the grace of God. Am I making sense? The grace of God has put me into a place, has removed it from this track that was de uh, destroying Christians and put me in the forefront of winning souls, especially the Gentiles. Hallelujah. I'm going to talk about four different people who, by the grace of God, became who they became. And they became that because of the grace. Hallelujah. So Paul says that I am what I am by the grace of God. The next person is Esther, Queen Esther. Now Esther was a slave girl 
that was orphaned and lived with her uncle Mordecai. So she was an orphan girl living with her uncle in a foreign land because they, were, they had been enslaved. So they were slaves in a foreign land. Hallelujah. And Esther was just minding her business because the king, Hazarus, had uh, her queen, who is your queen, Vashti. And I'm sure you know the story. Because of pride and arrogance, Vashti lost her position as the queen. And so there was a contest as who will replace Vashti. Can you imagine if there's a beauty contest to replace the queen of England? And they are choosing. Look at your neighbor if it's a lady and ask her, are you the Esther they are talking about? I don't know why you are laughing. Ask her, why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? Is it that you don't um, uh, suspect that you can become a queen of England? How many can see that it, 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 it will be very, very, very hard for you to qualify? Because one, your face doesn't belong. Two, your skin doesn't belong. Your accent may not even belong. Uh, oh, I, I want to stay away from controversy, so keep me. So let, let's read Esther chapter 2. So Esther goes through the beauty competition. And Esther chapter 2, verse 50 says, Now, when the ten came for Esther, the daughter of Abihai, the uncle of Mordecai, who, was take, who had taken her as his daughter, to go in to the king, as she requested nothing but what Haggai, the king's eunuch, the custodian of, of the women, advised. Esther obtained favor, grace, in the sight of all who saw her. So Esther was taken to Queen Ahasuerus into his royal palace in the tenth month, which was the month of Tibet, in the seventh year of his reign. The king loved Esther more than all the other women. And she obtained grace and favor in the sight, in his sight more than all the virgins. So he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. More than all the virgins. The virgins included indigenous of the country. Even Vashti's cousins and nieces applied. They were all there. In line for queenship. But somehow, Grace found this orphan, this foreign girl, whose face didn't fit. Her accent didn't fit. We don't really know her level of education because her father died very early. So I'm suspecting that her education was not really up to scratch. But somehow, grace went beyond all these things. See, understand something. Grace will go by, bypass every inadequacies that you have. Some of us, we allow what we don't have to, to cripple us. We, ha we have some things that limit us. Some of us, you, you know, are growing up, people told you are not pretty. People told you, yeah, you, you are useless. You can't do much. You, can't, you, you, can't, you, are, you are not smart. You can't achieve. How many know, not you, but you know somebody who knows somebody who they, they said some things 
Only two people. Her. Three people. Her. I'm, I'm counting four. Her. May I come from a family that they know how to tease. I mean, teasing is our... And we are very vicious when we are teasing. One day I wrote a test and I failed. And the teacher was said that promoted to class four on trial. That means that the first month of class four, if I don't show up, I'm going back to class three. Up to today, they call me OT on trial. I went to the tournament and I brought the OT cup <laughs> on trial cup. Why would you want to try for another test? Because after all, you are not going to... The best you can go is on trial. How many know what I'm talking about? That sometimes people tease you and make you feel that Grace cannot make up for your inadequacies. Grace cannot make up for your shortcomings. But I came to tell you that grace will make up for every shortcoming you have. Hallelujah. By the grace of God, I am what I am. You see, my, my siblings that used to tease me, by the grace of God, I have surpassed all of them. The clever ones. I, I mean, my, my family people, they are sharp. But my brother in front of me, he was a shark. Because of him, I didn't want to study because it's like I couldn't match, so I decided not to try. I mean, he would get 99% and cry. I mean, what kind of foolishness is that? <laughs> Meanwhile, me, I'm getting 26%. <laughs> you see, I'm the only father that can never ever say that I was first in class. Every father says that I was fair, but me, I can never say that. If I say that, I would be both faced lie. Both faced lie. Never one day did I become first anywhere. If I check my from the bottom, <laughs> just go. Once uh, there, there's the usual suspect, Mary Owu. <laughs> Patience Minta. Once I beat those ones, then I'm looking, I'm looking, okay, I'm beating Mario, and then I'm checking, I'm checking. <laughs> <laughs> By the time I can see, okay, 22 out of 32 students. At least, at least. I won't carry the class. As for that one, yeah. Worry man, no carry last. I won't carry the, the class. At least 10 people out of the 32, I will clear. Meanwhile, my, my sister, my brother will go. There was a girl, Adamu, Sami Adamu. Sami Adamu will get 89 and a half, and then my brother will get 89. And the whole holiday, he would cry. That Samira beat him by half a mark. And then I'll be sitting there saying, what, what nonsense is that? <laughs> Crying over half mark. Well, I've got to play football. <laughs> okay. Forget it. I need, I cleared my uh, beat my people. My ten are beating all of them. I am cool. And I knew the ten their names. Innocent Agbesinu. <laughs> As I beat the ten, then I check. No, this time I've beaten eleven. Ah, progress has come. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Hallelujah. By the grace of God, I finished school. 
I did graduate by the grace of God. I did masters by the grace of God. From 22 out of 32. The one who carried the OT cap. Vashti was bragging and did not realize that the position she was occupying was because of the grace that God had given. And sometimes when you don't realize that where you are is by the grace, you abuse the grace of God. And because of the abusing of the grace of God, you fall down. Because the Bible says God hates a proud look. He opposes the proud. He resists the proud. And he gives grace to the humble. Esther was so humble. And that is what endeared her to everybody. And grace found her. And she became the queen. Then one day. Haman rose up and did a scheme to annihilate all the Jews. And Mordecai heard about the plot. So Mordecai sent word to Esther, who is now the queen, that, girl, there is a plot to kill all the, your king's folk. So do something. Esther had forgotten that grace means service and grace means work. Grace is not just to make you lucky. So in Esther chapter 4 verse 13 and 14, let's read it. Then Mordecai told them to answer Esther. Do not think in your heart that you will escape the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. If you remain completely silent in this time, relief will come and deliverance will arise from some other place for the Jews. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Who knows whether grace was given to you for such a time as this to work this thing for us. To save us. Hallelujah. I didn't realize that grace was given to me. Somebody who couldn't naturally pass. To be able to pass for such a time as this. Because God knew that someday I will have to pastor some doctors and some graduates. And an OT cap person cannot. I always say to my colleague pastors that I cannot be stupid because I pastor intellectual people. So I can't give some silly windows and silly, you know that spooky things that don't make sense and they just shout and say, in the name of Jesus and everybody clap it. You know, the thing that you're saying is, how many know what I'm talking about? I can't do that here. Because as I'm doing, people are Googling to check whether what I'm saying is factual or not. So I can't just come and sing, uh, what do you call it? Twinkle, twinkle, little stars here. Or Mary had a little lamb here. It won't work here. It may work somewhere else, but not here. Are you getting what I'm saying? So my facts must be on point. My language must be on point. If I come and my grammatical errors everywhere, you, you will not be happy with this church and this pastor. How many understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, 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 yeah. So grace has been given to me for such a time as this. Hallelujah. Grace was given to Esther so that Esther could perform so Esther said to Mordecai, tell your, your, the people that they should fast. Me and my maidens will also fast here. And I will go to the king's presence. If I perish, I perish. 
Because now I understand that grace is what brought me here. And grace brought me here for a duty. The duty is for me to sacrifice my life and go to the king's presence. If the king doesn't lift up his scepter, I am dead. But at least I am going to go. Who knows whether grace found you and brought you to where you are for such a time as this. Hallelujah. Another person that became who he became by the grace of God is Joseph. Joseph, you know the story, was sold by his brothers as a slave. And when he got into Egypt, Potiphar bought Joseph. And Potiphar, Bible says that Potiphar found Joseph found favor and grace in the eyesight of Potiphar. And Potiphar made Joseph the overseer of all that he had. And there was a lot of um, uh, favor around him. So much so that Potiphar's wife hired, hired him. All the women who have been eyeing some men in the church, be very careful. And this eyeing brought Joseph into the prison. And in the prison house, Joseph found grace. Hallelujah. Joseph found grace in the sight of God. Hallelujah. In Genesis 39 verse 21, Bible says, Quickly, give me the scripture. Genesis 39, verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of what? The prison. Can you imagine? And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did, there it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look at anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Hallelujah. Grace found him. I mean, do you know how it is to be a foreigner in a prison and become the chief in charge? When you are in the chief, it means you don't do certain jobs. You, you get the best bed to lie in. You get some privileges that others don't enjoy. Hallelujah. You get your own TV and can change your own. Everybody's watching TV in a common place and watch only one hour a day. You can watch more than one hour a day. Hallelujah. See, as I'm saying, you haven't been to prison before, so these things may not make sense to you. But if you have been to prison before, you understand that grace, great grace, was what found him in the prison. And there, he continued his good deeds. And the same grace took him to the presence of Pharaoh, the king. In Genesis 41, 37, Bible says that so he the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a man as this? A man whom in whom such in whom is the Spirit of God? And Pharaoh said, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this. There is no one, no one in as discerning and as wise as you. You shall be over my house and over all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I've set you over all the land of Egypt. Can you imagine that? Grace has found a slave, an ex-convict, 
to now be in the palace and be number two only to Pharaoh himself. Hallelujah. So when his brothers came in chapter 45, verse 7 and 8, he says to his brothers, and, uh, and God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God, and he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Hallelujah. So you see, grace brought me into office to execute. There was a reason. Grace is not for fun. Grace is for work. Somebody say grace is for work. Or say it like you mean grace is for work. You must understand that grace that has been given to you, the peace of mind you have, the good marriage you have, is for work. Don't be selfish. There is a reason why you are sitting where you are sitting. There is a reason why you have what you have. There is a reason why you are what you are. There is a work ahead. The hymn writer said that a charge to keep I have, a God to glorify and ever dying soul to save. Hallelujah. There's a, there's a duty. Grace is not for free. Hallelujah. I said grace is not for free. Grace, you see, Joseph experienced grace in the land of Egypt. Hallelujah. Instead of doing menial jobs, he was the one who became the father of Pharaoh. He was, when they say father of somebody, it means that he tells Pharaoh what to do. He was Pharaoh's mentor. Telling Pharaoh what to do and what not to do. So he was actually ruling the whole land. Can you imagine that you are telling, you are the uh, chief advisor to the prime minister. Whatever you say is what the prime minister does. It's only grace that can bring you to that place. And when you get that opportunity, ask yourself, why am I here? What did God bring me here for? Hallelujah. Why am I in this job? Anybody else? There are about 10 or 15 people that interview for this job. But I was the one that was chosen. Why have you been chosen? Is there a reason? Is there a charge to keep? Is there a God to glorify? Now that you have the job, you can't pay your tithe. Really? You say, you don't understand. Remember Esther, you don't understand. There's protocols around this place. You don't just go into the king's palace by heart. If you are not in the palace, so you don't know how these type of things work. If I go without permission, I can easily lose my head. Really? Now you know protocol. You know who to call. Protocol, who to call? Hey. Have you forgotten that you used to be a, an orphan? You used to sleep in my, uh, uh, in my kitchen. Have you forgotten? Today you have a palace to stay in. You have handmaidens around you, so you've forgotten. Yeah? Joseph, today you are a king. So you've forgotten that you used to be a keeper of sheep. In fact, you are the one who brings food for the people who keep sheep. You are the errand boy to the sheep keepers. Hallelujah. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Can I give you the last person? David is the last person. Now, David, you know the story. We are not quite um, sure whether David was, David's mother was really actually married to Jesse, because when Jesse was asked to bring all his sons for 
the contest of who will be the next king. Jesse brought all his sons and said, these are all my sons. But David was not in the list. Could it be that David was an illegitimate child? A forgotten child. A child that was not regarded. So when they brought all the sons, and the sons passed before Samuel. So Abinadab saw all these people pass. Tall, handsome. No, 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 no. And so Samuel said, are these all your sons? Are you sure these are all the sons? Because God doesn't make mistakes. He said, I should come to you. Come to the house of Jesse. And there remained yet one. But he, you know, when I'm counting my sons, I don't, you know, it was the one that I, over the bar, you know, the peanut seller was passing and I caught him, you know. So I don't really regard because David himself said it in Psalm 51, out of iniquity was I conceived. So it means that I mean, I'm an illegitimate child. But grace does not mind whether you're a legitimate or illegitimate child. Grace is not scared. Grace actually perfects the imperfection. Grace qualifies the uncalled and qualifies the unqualifiable. Hallelujah. So grace found David. And David was anointed. Hallelujah. And grace made David become introduced to the court of the king. In 2 Samuel 6 verse 20. When... Then David returned. This is, David is now king. And David has gone to bring the ark of God into the king's house. And and David danced with all his might. And like royalty, Michal, daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how glorious was the king? I'm reading. Was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants as one of those useless men uncovers himself. So David said to Micah, see here girl, let me tell you something. It was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father (laughs) and all his house. He appointed me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before him and I will dance even more undignified than this. And will be humbled in my own sight. But as for the maid servant of whom you have spoken, by them I will be held in honor. And the Bible says, and God from that day say, You, Michael, you think that everything is about protocol. Because of this thing that you have said, you will never ever have a child. Hallelujah. Grace picked David from the backside of the desert and made him king. And David understood that it is not my right to be here. It's a privilege because grace is what has brought me here. So I'm going to do what is right. I'm going to dance before the king, before God. I'm going to do what I have to do. That is why David is the greatest king that ever lived in the history of Israel to today. They describe the throne in Israel, the presidency, as the seat of David. Not Saul. Saul was the first king, but they they classified the seat 
of presidency or seat of power as the seat of David. Grace made him serve wisely in the king's court. In 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 14 to 16. I was talking about this in the NGO on Friday. Grace allowed him to behave wisely. And David behaved wisely in, the, in all his ways. And the Lord was with him. Hallelujah. Therefore, when Saul saw that he behaved very wisely, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he went out and came in before them. Hallelujah. But all Israel loved him. Hallelujah. And he did well. Can I give you about four or five things that will bring you to the grace very quickly? And when these things happen, remember that there is a reason why God has graced you. There must be an ongoing relationship with God. Exodus chapter 12 verse 36. Remember that for you to qualify for the grace and walk in the grace, you must have a relationship with God. So the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so they granted them what they requested. Thus, they plundered the Egyptians. When Israel was leaving Egypt, they bankrupted the economy of Egypt because of grace. Hallelujah. Because of their relationship they had with God, God gave them favor. If you don't have a relationship with God, why would God favor you? Hallelujah. He said, draw nigh to me and I will draw nigh to you. Number two, there must be godly living. You must live right. Psalm 84 verse 11. And the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing would he withhold from them who walk uprightly. Hallelujah. Walking upright guarantees grace. Your relationship with God, walking uprightly. Number three, learning to wait on the Lord. Learning to become somebody that waits on God. Hallelujah. Even the young people shall faint. And be weary. The young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Hallelujah. Waiting on God. You see, coming to church like this on a Sunday is waiting on God. Learning to read your Bible at home is waiting on God. Being prayerful is waiting on God. Don't be too busy and too promoted to wait on God. I don't know whether you heard what I said. Ask your neighbor, did you hear what he said? Did you hear what the guy said? Ask them, did you hear what he said? Don't be too big and too... You know, some of us here, the day you get promoted, that's the last day we'll see you in church. Grace has not worked for you. Now that you are Queen Esther, Say, I don't, there are protocols. Sunday is my only resting day. Sunday, I have to go and play golf with my work colleagues, so I can't come to church. I really? Now you, you know how to play golf. <laughs> now you can play golf, eh? So you can't come to church on Sunday. Now that you have become missus, you can't sing in the choir again, eh? Hey, choir is this. Where are you? Hey, where are you? Let me see those. Now you are Mrs. Sprinkinston, so you can't sing in the choir again. Telis. So now you can't sing in the choir again. Esther. You can't sing in the choir again. Samuela. Now you are Mrs. Prinkins, so you can't sing again. Destiny. You can't sing. 
Eh? You can't do solo again. You don't have time. Now you work for the UN, so Sundays are the only time you can go and wash your hair. Hey! As for Vanessa, since she got promoted, we don't see her again. Hey! You can't conduct the choir again. Yeah, yeah, you are you are rolling with the big boys now. I hear you. They that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. Never let promotion draw you away from the house of God. Never allow money to draw you out of the house of God. Now you have so much money, your tithe is so big that you can't pay tithe. Really? You scare the church when they see your tithe. Oh yeah? We will shake because you are paying tithe. Number four, humility. James chapter 4, verse 6. He gives grace, more grace to the humble. God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. So humble yourself before the eyes of the Lord, and He will lift you up. Hallelujah. Never ever allow promotion to draw you away from God. Number five, very quickly, obedience and service. Job chapter 36 verse 11. If you obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. Hallelujah. Listen, I, I, I just know that God has a reason for your promotion. God has a reason for the peace he has given you. God has a reason for the health he has given you. God has a reason for the sanity he has given you. Hallelujah. Prince, there are people your age, they have messed up their lives. They are now on crack. They are messed up, they are confused. Their head don't work well. By the grace of God, he has made you who you are. And he has given you what you have. It is because of him. Not because you are the smartest of amongst all your friends. Not because you were clever. He gave you grace. He opportuned you. And gave you what you have. Because he has need of you. He needs you in his house. He wants you to do something. Who knows whether God has brought you here for such a time as this. To bring freedom to all of us. So never ever become selfish. Now that God has promoted you. Stand to your feet.